Welcome to episode 21 in the Lives of the Saints second series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Cyprian of Carthage, whose feast day is September 13th. The musical theme for the second series is Horatio Nelson's hymn From All the Saints in Warfare, written in 1864 and played to the tune Aurelia. The recording was produced in the United Kingdom by Richard Irwin, whose website, www.hymnswithoutwords.com, includes many traditional Anglican hymns and tunes available for download and use in local services. I thank Richard Irwin for granting permission for its use. In this episode, I focus on another bishop in Roman North Africa, St. Cyprian of Carthage. The ruins of Carthage are located just over nine miles from the present-day city of Tunis on the farthest northern end of modern Tunisia. St. Cyprian was born between 200 and 210 A.D., probably at the latter end of that date range, with the birth name of Theseus Cyprianus. His parents were, like those of St. Augustine, ethnic Berbers. Both his parents were pagans and enjoyed considerable wealth in the most important city in North Africa in the middle of the 3rd century A.D. The illustration is a detail I extracted from an early 6th century Byzantine mosaic in the form of an elaborate frieze in the Basilica of St. Apollinaire in Ravenna, Italy, depicting the martyred saints standing, handing their crowns to a seated Christ. St. Cyprian is depicted between St. Cornelius, who will be mentioned earlier, and St. John Cassian. The basilica was built by King Theodoric the Great, an Ostrogoth king, as a chapel and was named after the first bishop of Ravenna. It is one of the five finest examples of Byzantine religious architecture in the West. Little is known of St. Cyprian's early life, and most of that comes from The Life and Passion of Cyprian, written in his lifetime by a man known as Pontius the Deacon. Pope Benedict XVI said that St. Cyprian's early life was dissipated, based upon St. Cyprian's own words in his first epistle, written to someone named Donatus around 246 A.D., before his consecration as a bishop. We know that he practiced law in the courts at Carthage, Little is known of his education. The probability is high that he was taught to read and write only in Latin, the predominant language of the region. All his extant writings are in Latin. This caused scholars to assume that he had no knowledge of Greek, the predominant language of the Eastern Church and its early saints. The life of Cyprian changed dramatically when he was in his mid-thirties when he met a local priest by the name of Sicilianus, who took him on as a catechumen and gave him house room during St. Cyprian's period of study. St. Cyprian was baptized into Christianity at Easter in 246 A.D. St. Cyprian afterward changed his name to Theseus Sicilianus, 
Cyprianus. According to Pontius the Deacon's biography, St. Cyprian's pagan wife objected to his conversion to Christianity and by implication refused herself to become a Christian. The assumption has been that under the rules of St. Paul found in 1 Corinthians 7 verses 10 to 16 and known as the Pauline privilege in Roman Catholic tradition, the pagan marriage was not recognized. Pontius also reported that St. Cyprian gave away a large part of the family wealth he had inherited in order to fund relief for the poor and also to fund Christian educations for pagans and for others who had strayed away from the church in earlier years. Just two years later, in 248 A.D., or possibly 249 A.D., he was consecrated Bishop of Carthage by acclamation. This faith in St. Cyprian's abilities is reflected centuries later when St. Jerome called him a genius and labeled his works, a collection of 13 treatises and more than 80 letters, as, quote, brighter than the sun. While his works means his treatises and his epistles, St. Cyprian is primarily remembered not for the letters, but for his skillful administration of the largest jurisdiction in North Africa at a very difficult time in the history of the church. The illustration is an oil on canvas painted between 1534 and 1540 for St. Martin's Church, also known as the Mess Church, in Württemberg, Germany, and now in the State Gallery of Stuttgart, Germany. He is shown in the modern garments of a Roman Catholic bishop. It is very unlikely that St. Cyprian himself ever wore such a garment and mitre. The middle of the 3rd century A.D. was characterized by extreme and aggressive religious persecution by the rapidly declining Roman Empire. Not surprisingly, Bishop Cyprian of Carthage came to the attention of the new emperor Decius, who had come to office in 249 A.D., determined to restore Rome to its previous greatness, especially in his mind the veneration of its leaders and its pagan gods. Decius launched a campaign of persecution of Christians throughout the empire, issuing a decree that all Christian bishops were to be put to death and their parishioners tortured until they recanted of Christian beliefs and agreed to worship the emperor himself and the Roman deities. Decius's program of persecution is often called the first systematic empire-wide persecution of Christianity. The first known death was the execution of Fabian, the Bishop of Rome, on January 20, 250 A.D. Fabian's execution sent a ripple of fear throughout the Christian world, and the persecution quickly spread across the Roman Empire, resulting in the deaths of the bishops of the church's first two sees, Bishop Alexandria of the See of Jerusalem and Bishop Babylos of Antioch. In North Africa, St. Cyprian and Bishop Dionysius of Alexandria went into hiding. Although they tried to manage parishes from exile by letters to deacons and parishioners, parishes soon began to dissolve, and many Christians recanted their beliefs, or, if they had the means, 
paid fees to extortionists to provide false certificates of their recantation. The illustration is an engraving of St. Cyprian from William Cave's Apostolici, or the Lives of the Primitive Fathers of the First Three Ages of the Christian Church, which was printed at London in 1677 A.D. Father Cave was a chaplain to King James II. After the death and battle of Decius in June 251 A.D., the wave of persecutions waned. The installation of Cornelius as the new bishop of Rome permitted St. Cyprian to return to Carthage. Cornelius is depicted next to St. Cyprian in the mosaic frieze used in the first two slides in this episode. Upon his return, a new crisis arose for St. Cyprian. He was accused by the clergy at Rome of having abandoned his bishop, bishopric out of cowardice. The virtue that he and Dionysius of Alexandria remained in contact with parishioners by letter and by other means, and the fact that they were able to return and run their churches after the persecution was ended eventually won the day, although many modern revisionists continue to criticize Cyprian for his actions. One of St. Cyprian's most difficult tasks was bringing back into participation in the church those who had abandoned the church and or committed heresies during the persecution. This group of people is generally known as the lapsi. St. Cyprian's policy of requiring rebaptism, described in his treatise on the lapsed, written in 251 AD, remains controversial. His position was that these persons had never actually fully accepted Christ. The position of the church at Rome was that only a laying on of hands following a monetary penance was required. Pope Cornelius sided with St. Cyprian. Others, led by a man named Novation, effectively created a rival papacy generally known as the Novation Heresy. A new pope, Stephen I, sided with the Novation partisans and threatened St. Cyprian with excommunication. St. Cyprian continued on his own path, supported by the Council of Carthage in 255 AD, but Rome, over time, has judged against him in church policy. Over the succeeding generations, the doctrine of one baptism has prevailed. Repentance followed by laying on of hands by a bishop being the only path to a return to communion with the church. Another crisis for the church at Carthage and elsewhere, following the overturning, overrunning of Rome by barbarians in the mid-third century, the city's recapture, and then the installation of a new emperor, Valerian. Under Valerian, the persecution of the church began anew around 257 A.D. with Valerian's decree that all bishops, priests, and deacons were to be put to death immediately and that all senators of the empire and all other high officials with Christian affiliations were to be stripped of their properties and if they refused to recant their religious beliefs, be put to death. Among the first to die in Valerian's new purge was Sixtus, the new bishop of Rome, 
who was killed along with four of his deacons. With Christians at Rome suppressed, Valerian turned his attention to North Africa in general and St. Cyprian of Carthage in particular. St. Cyprian was interrogated by the proconsul of Carthage on August 31, 258 A.D. Eventually, he was sentenced to death by beheading. He did not recant his Christian faith and was beheaded in the garden of his personal villa at Carthage on the 14th of September, 251 A.D. St. Cyprian, before his death, contributed of his own personal funds for the payment of the salaries of his executioners, suggesting that he knew they were just doing their jobs. The illustration is a 20th century reliquary of St. Cyprian of Carthage at Corneli Munster Benedictine Abbey in Germany, taken by A.C. Bonn, who published it in the public domain. Although St. Cyprian was not a theologian like his fellow North African bishop, St. Augustine of Hippo, his writings are still popular today, especially his treatises on the unity of the church and the faithful as one body under the authority of Christ led by bishops and clergy with the full participation of parishioners. That was published in 251 A.D. A treatise on the proper attire and contact for vir- conduct for virgins published in 288 A.D. The Theological Christian Virtue of Patience, published in 256 A.D., a treatise on the Lord's Prayer in 252 A.D., and Works and Alms, published in 254 A.D. A book called Three Treatises Against the Jews, published in 248 A.D., contains many doctrines based on his interpretation of the Old Testament concerning the dual nature of Christ and man, as both man and God foreshadows the Council of Chalcedon in 451 A.D. and the adoption of the principle uh, into the Nicene Creed. In the Roman Catholic tradition, he remains a favorite among Roman Catholic parishioners, although his more flexible view on the primacy of Rome puts him at odds with the hierarchy of Rome. Many Eastern Orthodox Christians also revere St. Cyprian, possibly owing to that more flexible position on the primacy of Rome. The dispute between Rome and Constantinople over papal supremacy has never been settled, although the gap has narrowed through negotiations. In recent years, the bishops of Constantinople were invited to and participated in the closing rites at the funeral of Pope John Paul II in June 2005 A.D. The most memorable single quotation from St. Cyprian is from his treatise on the unity of the church. The illustration is a traditional-style Russian Orthodox icon of unknown date and location. He can no longer have God for his father, who has not the church for his mother. If anyone could escape who was outside the ark of Noah, then he also may escape who shall be outside the church." That's from paragraph 6 of the Unity of the Church of 251 A.D. St. Cyprian of Carthage was finally remembered in his home jurisdiction by the later construction of the Basilica of St. Cyprian of Carthage in the 4th century, 
constructed on the traditional site of his burial on the shores of the Mediterranean. The exact location is in dispute. <clears throat> the Basilica of St. Cyprian of Carthage on Rue St. Cyprian in Carthage, Tunisia, was destroyed by the Vandals in the next century and then rebuilt by the Byzantine Empire Emperor Justinian in the 6th century, and it was destroyed again under the Umayyad Muslim conquest of North Africa in 678 A.D., the illustrations are an aerial photograph of the remains which were uncovered in Tunisia early in the 20th century and an early 20th century cigarette card showing the columns surviving in the nave. Here in the Richmond, Virginia area, a parish of the Orthodox Church in America is named in honor of St. Cyprian of Carthage. For more on the importance of the Christian church in North Africa and Asia Minor before the 15th century, listen to or watch the video in the AIC Christian Education series, The War on Christianity. The video is available on the digital library page and the audio version available on the podcast archive page, again, both at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The collect for the Feast of St. Cyprian of Carthage is from the 1963 edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. Almighty God, who didst give thy servant Cyprian boldness to confess the name of our Savior Jesus Christ before the rulers of this world and courage to die for this faith, faith grant that we likewise may ever be ready to give a reason for the hope that, it, that is in us and to suffer gladly for his sake, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for episode 21 in the Lives of the Saints second series. Next time in episode 22, I celebrate the life of the blessed Lancelot Andrews, whose feast day is September 25th. Episodes of all our videos are available on both our YouTube channel, the full URL address being https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash c slash St. John C. And please be sure to include the S after HTTP. And through the episode links at our newly redesigned website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. At that site, you'll find the digital library link, which gives access to our seasonal videos and other videos. The Bible study link similarly connects you to our two existing Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels and Revelation. The podcast homilies link gives access to our extensive archive of MP3 podcast homilies for the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The podcast archive houses links to podcasts of all our Christian education, seasonal, and Bible study videos. The two virtual bookstore links at the bottom center of the homepage provide access to information about both the paperback and Kindle editions of our 12 AIC bookstore publications. Purchase of these books helps fund the Internet Ministry of the AIC. 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC. 
Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.